0: Welcome to the Daily Sports Show Redo. I am your host, Tyler James. Here at the Redo, I've spent my time watching and listening to all the talking heads give their inflated takes on popular topics. Then I pick a few of those topics that I find good, bad, or just plain weird and give them a redo by giving my take without the yelling, pandering, or trying to create a new hot take. Let's get into it. I've had a bit of a hiatus. Little bit of a the winter cold hitting me, so I got a little bit of a cough. So bear with me if you will. I'm taking some time off. But we've just finished up wild card weekend for the NFL playoffs. And wow, a lot of, a lot of new storylines and narratives being written for the teams going into the offseason. And for some of the young quarterbacks who had big wins moving forward, we're going to start off talking with the Browns and Texans. Now, the Browns, they're my wife's uh, football team. She's from Cleveland, Ohio, so obviously a fan. So I'm supporting them. I try to support her. But they got absolutely throttled by the Texans. And realistically, that's kind of, kind of weird. People, A lot of people were pulling for the Browns, taking the taking the money or the uh, the points as well, the minus three, minus two and a half, whatever it was down to, <clears throat> and it, you know, they they had this really good defense, elite defense. They had a Miles Garrett who, I think, he's the favorite to win Defensive Player of the Year. I know it's the postseason, so it shouldn't factor into the into the voting, but I wonder his uh, big old ghost game, if you will. I don't know if he did anything if that'll factor in or not, but yeah, the Browns got. Beat from pretty much horn to horn. I mean, they put up a little fight with Flacco. You know, he showed why he's, you know, 37, 38 years old. Was sitting on his couch. I mean, to his credit, yeah, he played great when he stood up. He got the Browns to the playoffs, got him to the fifth seed. You know, kept them competitive all, you know, the, when he was playing with them uh, regular season. But, you know, it's just that he, you know, it's, it's what – People kind of expected. Granted, he surprised them with all, with how much he won in the regular season, but this kind of seems like it was inevitable. What uh, we weren't expecting so much was that Cleveland defense just to get a. <coughs> excuse me. That Cleveland defense did not just show up and just give up so many points and just CJ Stroud looked incredible. I mean, second pick in the draft. You know, he's you know, came into the league with people who, you know, he failed that uh, pretty much intelligence test for quarterbacks, whatever it is. I think the Q test or something like that, we had the lowest score ever, but he obviously is the, so far as of this year goes, the best quarterback up the draft class. So, I mean, hats off to him for what he was able to do. Perfect QBR rating. I mean, it was fantastic for the Texans and, They will be going on. I think they're playing. They'll be playing the Ravens, so that'll be that'll be tough. That's a tough draw for them. See if they can keep the the drive (coughs) alive. Also, they were the first. uh, Was it rookie quarterback, rookie head coach, or first year head coach combo to win the playoff game? And good for them. Good for their coach. You know, it's the funny. He's a former linebacker, no coaching experience before this year. That's awesome. If you look at what's going on in Vegas, you know, with uh, Pierce, former linebacker, no head coach experience, no uh, coordinator experience. He's the head coach now in interim. It's, uh, it's, He's definitely, he should be up there on the coach of the year uh, votes for sure for what he's done with uh, the Houston Texans who, you know, they were kind of drawing dead there for a little bit when C.J. Stroud went out for – some injuries with Tank Dell got hurt, but I mean they've obviously they turned it, they kept it going, won their division, knocked out the Jags who just imploded on themselves, and they beat the Browns and they're moving on to the divisional round of the playoffs. So that's off to them. <clears throat> no real, no real stories of narratives coming around this one for the off season. I mean the Browns obviously you know they had thirteen different quarterbacks this year. It seems like. Uh, Deshaun Watson, the big money guy, had the season ending surgery. You know, it's gonna be, you know, just another another off season of them just waiting, okay, is Deshaun Watson gonna come back next year and be the guy that he's supposed to be for that two hundred million dollars. We'll have to see. I mean, the coaching, you know, you Stavansky, you know, he's for the Cleveland Browns. Another uh coach of the year candidate, you know, he kept his team alive and not only alive, but they thrived with all these different quarterbacks, with losing the you know one of the best, if not the best, running back in the league early on. I mean, what the job he's done there in Cleveland, especially this year, is incredible. So everyone's pretty much safe across the board of these two teams, in my opinion. I can't say the same for the, some of the teams I'm going to talk about here in a few. we will take a short break, and I'll get right back into it. Let's get into it. We're talking the second game of the weekend, which was the Dolphins and the Chiefs. Chiefs come out in the fourth coldest game in NFL history for those two in Kansas City. And the Chiefs win. Not really a competitive game from the Dolphins standpoint. 26-9, to I believe the final score was. <clears throat> and the big story for the Chiefs, at least, is the Rasheed Rashid Rice, their rookie receiver, just coming through... Uh, just being the number one receiver they've been looking for all year, over one hundred thirty yards receiving. You know he was sure-handed. You know, the the drop passes, you know, plagued mostly Travis Kelsey it seemed like most of the night. But I mean, yeah, Rasheed Rice that's a Mahomes' new number one receiver is looking like. Interesting to see what they do next week there in uh, Buffalo. I think they're playing Buffalo, but be good. <clears> That's <throat> a business as usual for them. Taylor Swift in attendance, you know, new memes about it. Her looking through the cold window. Oh, it's, it's great. It's fantastic. Good for Chiefs fans. You know, good for Patrick Mahomes. You got to like Mahomes. He's just a generational talent. Even with all the, you know, negative talk about the Chiefs this year and, you know, is it was the end of a dynasty? They're proving that they're still, you know, F- they're still the team to beat, really, in the AFC. <clears throat> in my opinion. I don't, regardless of what the Ravens are doing, the Lamar Jackson's doing, it's still, it's still the Patrick Mahomes conference. And until they beat him, until until they prove that otherwise, it's still his. On the flip side, Miami Dolphins. They came out. The weather, I guess, affected to a, and really, as this has kind of been the story of the Dolphins all year, it's that was proven once again. They. Can't beat good teams, except for the Cowboys, apparently. But, I mean, yeah, they're, once again, played a good team, got beat, got embarrassed. Uh, interesting story is the two of could be a contract year for him. Or you know, negotiations here in the offseason. And that really makes you think, after that performance, really, what do you do with him? You know, some uh, interesting takes effort over the season, like the past couple weeks leading into the playoffs was that you trade them, do nothing with them, try to get them as little money as possible. Then you draft a quarterback, the one people have been talking about most, the one from Washington, uh, I forget his name, Phoenix or something like that, drafts him because he's you know, just like, like a, kind of like another lefty, kind of touting him like a bigger, better version of Tua. You know, that's an option. You know, you still, you, what people are, a new kind of strategy people are looking to do is get these young quarterbacks. You don't have them with these quarter billion dollar deals just eating up all that cap space. If you can get a a competent rookie quarterback, kind of like what they're doing, what they've been doing with San Fran over the past couple of years, just you don't don't get tied up in these big money contracts with your quarterbacks where you're allowed to build around them and have success. So that's maybe what Dolphins might do. That's one of those kind of out of left field ideas that, hey, <clears throat> after what we've seen, you know, you, you can't, you shouldn't pay to a top dollar. Like, if you can avoid it, don't do it. But this is kind of a point I'll make later when I get to the Dallas Cowboys. But it's like, yes, yeah, so you can look at Tua and go, hey, he's not the guy. We need to move off him. Yada, yada, yada. Got it. But. There are situations out there where they would love to have Tua as a, as a franchise quarterback. You know, like hey, you almost won your division, double digit wins, lost in the playoffs. Some teams, you know, there's like the Jets, they're sitting there with Zach Wilson. You know, under five hundred, nothing going on. Patriots under five hundred, just bouncing between quarterbacks. Like who's gonna lose us this lose the game this week, Zappi or Jones? You know, you got Atlanta. Just everything's there except they got Desmond Ritter and, Tyler Hattie, and Taylor Taylor Henry. I mean, so there's there's worse things than double-digit wins and being in the playoffs. You know, it's I know as a as a fan base, you know, you can get greedy thinking. You know, is it Super Bowl or bust? So we want Super Bowls. Everyone wants a Super Bowl, but also everyone wants to watch their team win more than five games in a you know, 17 game season. So it's, yes, Tua's probably got to be moved off. I don't know how you do that with uh, where the Dolphins finish this year, in the, especially with the draft. But, yeah, he's definitely not going to be around much longer. Or if he is maybe a team-friendly deal, he kind of realizes, hey, I'm just lucky to be on a team that's stacked of talent, has a good offensive-minded coach. <clears throat> playing in Miami, so maybe I'll take a team-friendly deal and you know, just count his blessings uh, Chiefs still rolling T-Swift Magic's going to get there You know, if Chiefs get a ring, she'll get a ring, that's what they're saying So <laughs> let's hope that's true All right, I'm taking a short break Welcome back, and we are talking the Dallas Cowboys and Green Bay Packers and the travesty of a playoff game that was from the Cowboys' point of view. I mean, I'm a 74 I'm a Cowboys fan, so this was just a absolute gut punch and just in, just a terrible way to end the season. Uh, good for the Packers, you know, and Jordan Love, you know, over the past last half of the season, he's looked incredible. I know they show the stat where they show the first season of Aaron Rodgers and the first season Jordan Love, and it's identical, slightly better for Jordan Love. But, I mean, this young team, is the youngest in the NFL, they are looking sharp. You know, Matt LaFleur, I give him all the credit in the world for the system he has there and how he's developed. You know, Jordan Love to where, you know, everyone really wasn't confident on this on this guy. And really the first half of the season kind of justified it, like, hey, they missed and they know it. They should have kept Aaron. They should have done this, this, and this, whatever. But he's proven them all wrong. He's, you know, he had a perfect game essentially against Dallas. This Dallas defense, who <clears throat> they just, it just eats, it feasts on a rookie, not very good quarterbacks. But obviously, Jordan Love, he sat behind Aaron Rodgers for a number of years, so not really a rookies. First year as a starter, and he's played very well. And yeah, he just dissected them. It was just a real, just masterpiece of a game for him in his first uh first year as a starter and you know first playoff game. Now i had. So I had the ball, Dallas Cowboys, and I was like, "Where do you want to begin with this, this package of poop? How do you want to dissect it?" Uh, I'll start with the, you know, the defense and how absolutely just embarrassed. I mean, I know Dan Quinn's shopping around for teams right now as a head coach, and I wonder, I doubt the. It'll play, uh, this will affect his ability to find a new job as a head coach somewhere just because he's done such a great job overall as a Cowboys defensive coordinator. But it makes you really think how, you know, the, the big games, your defense, this great defense you supposedly put together just doesn't do anything. I mean, you look back at the... <coughs> 49ers game blown out, Buffalo blown out. You know, and then this game absolutely blown out. So these big games and these big moments where there's a big narrative around it, you know, besides obviously the, the playoffs to factor into it. Your defense can't stop anyone. And supposedly like you have all the personnel, I mean. And it just makes you really just kind of wonder what was thinking. I mean, I was watching it. They're they're playing a lot of zone and against the Packers when they're a man defense team for the most part. I mean, there was a lot of third downs where I saw Micah Parsons dropping back in coverage. You know, Parsons, who's supposedly your best pass rusher, and you're going to have him drop back in coverage. You're going to have these guys play zone and just get dissected. So it just really makes you just – it's got to be a game planning thing or or your players aren't that good. And it's one of those – maybe it's a combination. That's kind of the, you know, the easy way out answer. But – for me, you just kind of scratch your head at Dan Quinn and go, "All right, go get your head coaching job. Maybe you need something else." Because I don't know, that was just a one of those years where this defense doesn't really. If I said they everyone said all year, this defense feasts on bad offenses, and you know this wasn't a bad offense when they play. when they play good offenses, they get embarrassed, and that's what's happened time and time again. So it's definitely. Might be time for change. We'll see what happens. There's a lot of uh, new, there's a lot of uh, coaches available now that really kind of will make it hard for some of these other guys to get a job. So you, know, you got Harbaugh, obviously he's the number one free agent really. Belichick's up there. You know, the Tennessee Titans coach who got fired for some reason. He's up there. So let <clears throat> see where uh, Dan Quinn fits and all that. Now to go on the offensive side of the ball, it's just, what a travesty. I mean, Dak looked terrible. I know at the end of the the stat sheet, you know, he's got 400 yards passing, three touchdowns, but he's got two interceptions. He threw the ball over 60 times because they were down by 27 points at one time in the first half. So, I mean, it's just empty calories is what people have been said. And it's, you, you know, take a quick break. And more on Dak with, uh, you know, the all-pro quarterback, uh, second team, albeit, but still he's an all-pro. MVP candidate that probably got derailed once again last night, yesterday morning, afternoon, whatever. But it <laughs> same thing you do with Tua. I mean, you know, he's in a contract year, like he's, you can't trade him, you can't franchise tag him. Like, what do you do? And, you know, he's he was projected, you know, to be the highest paid quarterback in the league. And that was going to be, you know, like, okay, that's fine. Cause he's gonna, you know, cause he's playing so well. But now after yesterday's game, it's like, oh God, what do you, you can't, I can't fathom paying this guy 200, you know, a quarter billion of dollars. It's rough, but at the same time, back to the whole, what I made the point about with Tua and that other people, you know, brought to lights, like, hey, yeah, Dak's a, he's a franchise quarterback. He doesn't really play up to his, up to expectations in these big games. Got it. But at the same time, it could be a lot worse. Like I said, Zach Wilson, Matt Jones, you know, he got. Derek Carr in New Orleans, like, they're just struggling to not make the playoffs. So, it's, uh, a, <clears throat> you know, yeah, Dak loses again in the playoffs, first round in an embarrassing fashion, but, you know, double-digit wins, one division, you know, at least, like, it's a, uh, at least you're not, at least from a fan's perspective, it's not, a, you're not winning five games in the year and just having a miserable time. So it's, you know, they're they're bringing Dak back. That's not a – that's obvious. At least it should be. Granted, they, they should be looking to a replacement, something that can, you know, some kind of successor to him, someone that could actually, you know, they can get cheaply. Like with you, one of these, get a good rookie quarterback, don't have to pay him for a couple of years, and you can build around him. That's what everyone's trying to do. Got it, but – Dak will be back next year. It's just a matter of what they're willing to pay him or not pay him because they definitely don't let him walk because that would be insane. What <clears throat> do we got there? We got Trey Lance, you know, people are high on for some reason. I'm, you know, I'm still not. I just, I'm still kind of baffled by the – I guess I understand that you trade a fourth-round pick to get him. Maybe you kick the tires and see if he can actually play in the NFL or not. Whatever. Uh, Cooper Rush, who's done well when he's had to come as a starter when Dak got hurt and got it. But is he ready to be, is he an actual full-time starter, franchise guy? We don't know. I don't know if I want to find out by you know betting an entire year of football on it. But we'll see. <clears throat> I mean, I wouldn't, you know, it's just a, an overreaction would be, hey, do whatever you got to do to move up in the draft to get one of these you know, projected to be elite quarterbacks, whether it's Drake May, Caleb Williams, uh, a kid from Washington, you know, I don't don't know about maybe Bo Nix. People are kind of hiding him. I don't know. But you need to do, you need to start making a plan. You can't just keep paying Dak $200 million to not produce and like this, because this was realistically, this was like a everyone saying this is a legacy game for him. This is how you build your your story. You build your legacy is you, you know, you had an MVP type year in some in some ways. You now your best year as a quarterback, you know, double digit wins. You win your division, two seed. You get to be home until the championship game. Maybe depending on who loses, but you know everything's kind of put in your favor you know the scales are tilted in your favor and then you go out there and just do an absolute you know just a terrible performance especially in that first half that really just and it really just sealed the game and realistically you know this isn't really all on deck you look as this defense just got annihilated and that just put the cowboys behind the sticks the entire time granted he had a early interception that Alexander jumped that route pretty well and fought through the receiver to get to it. So that was good on him. Then that really bad pick six, like, Oh, like, like when I saw him throw that I knew I was like, Oh geez, that's bad. And sure enough. Yeah. But <clears throat> like, what do you do with Dak here? You got to keep him mostly because it, it could always be worse. You could be a five win team, just struggling just each year, drafting quarterbacks, getting nothing. Uh, on to the coaching now. So, going into this game, Mike McCarthy was kind of held in good regard by Jerry Jones, though he did kind of backpedal and say it's going to be a game by game evaluation. Jerry sure only got one game and it was a bad one. So, I know Mike McCarthy's well liked by the players, you know, but it's his team with the Cowboys, they just haven't done they haven't performed well in these big games these big matchups you know it's fine you're winning you know double-digit games every year that's that's great but at some point you gotta get over the hump and he hasn't been able to do that you know if you look at the NBA of Monty Williams turned around the Suns made them you know into a playoff team into an NBA finals team but after back-to-back-to-back seasons of just kinda you know, really getting out coached in the, the key moments, you know, when they were up against the Milwaukee Bucks 2-0 and they lost four straight in the finals. It's that good. Played against the Mavericks. You know, they went to game seven on home court and got blown out. And the following year got blown out again at home court. It's like so <clears throat> it's, like, it's great that, you know, you're getting these high seeds, you're getting all these wins, you're getting, you know, a playoff win, but you can't get out coached over and over again in these high profile moments. So, for McCarthy, just the again and again, these three playoffs in a row, just it hasn't looked good. You know, bounced out by the 49ers two years ago, then last year, and now by the Packers this year, and just kind of embarrassing fashion, too. You got to really believe that he's going to be gone, too. I mean, I'm sure he'll find maybe he'll find a spot. Maybe now he's a Super Bowl winning coach and team does well. And this was Dak's best year with him calling the plays. But then again, you gotta gotta take a step back and look at it. You know, Dak really only had these great games against. You know, what like they said all year, against bad defenses. You know, you pick them apart, great. Played against top five defenses, absolutely no show. Yeah, oh, it's tough, but. Yeah, I think McCarthy's going to be gone. Dan Quinn's going to be gone. He'll probably get a head coaching job somewhere. Something's going to be a lot of change, a lot of chaos. Maybe it's for the best, depending on what they do for their coach. I mean, obviously, Harbaugh would be number one. Uh, the, <clears throat> a lot of high praise for the Detroit Lions offensive coordinator. That he seems to be like a, he'll be targeted by uh, head coaching jobs soon just because of the way he's turned that offense around and they just how strong they look. So, hopefully, the Cowboys can figure something out in the offseason and what they want to do. Look to the draft, maybe figure out a way to get their running game actually to be existent. Pair someone alongside CeeDee Lamb. I don't know, maybe start grooming a new quarterback to that they won't have to pay a quarter billion dollars to to just, you know, disappoint. We'll see, though. It's going to be It's tough, though. It's tough for Cowboy Nation out there. But, hey, at the end of the day, double-digit wins, won the division, playing ball in January, so it's better than a lot of teams, so I guess you can hang your hat on that at least to some degree. I'm going to take a short break. Next up, we're talking Los Angeles Rams, the Detroit Lions. Now this was a very competitive game, best game of the weekends for the most part. Actually, I think, yeah, go all the games. That was definitely the best. Maybe the Bills and Steelers got a little got got pretty competitive there at the end. But yeah, this game was good from wire to wire. Uh, Lions came out on top, their first playoff win in 30 years, which is like, wow. It's this is, I guess, yeah, this is the first time the Lions have won in my lifetime that's crazy but uh yeah it was Stafford's return to Detroit you know Jared Goff playing against his old team who got rid of him just uh some really good storylines there and you know lines came out on top competitive game awesome Stafford looked great the rookie receiver Nakua looked amazing I mean it's just a really Fun game to watch, and it's good for the Lions. The you know, it's good for their fan base who's been just so, you know, starved for any kind of success from their team to finally get this one. And you know, they they were playing, I believe, the Bucks. No, they were playing the Bucks. Bucks were playing the yeah, they're playing the Bucks next week, so that'll be exciting for them. That's a you know, matchup wise, Lions. You know, they'll probably be favored probably by. Probably about four points, probably. That'd be ideal. So let's gain their favor. It'd be exciting. They you know they can make their way back to the conference championship. <clears throat> It'd be a, let's see. For the Rams, you know, I wonder what Aaron Donald's gonna do. He's up there in age he's talking about retirement before. Stafford's up there a little beat up, but you know, he he'll probably be back. You know, this was a team that really wasn't expected to do much this year, but the Rams definitely put it together and made this this playoff run. That's all, you know, credit to Sean McVeigh, who's just awesome coach. You know, it's just an awesome organization that has really uh, ran so well. <clears throat> Not much more to say about this game. It's pretty straightforward. There's nothing. Nothing on the Rams side looking into the offseason that's too crazy. You know, and Maybe coaches will leave, but McVeigh's going to stay there. I know he's talked about retirement it's earlier in the year. I was kind of like, whoa, because he's so young, but he already won a Super Bowl. So, I mean, I think he won Coach of the Year too when he did. It, so, <clears throat> in order already accomplished so much as a young age. You know, so hopefully he stays for the benefit of the Rams. And we'll see what Dan Campbell is going to do next week against Tampa Bay. And, Baker Mayfield. Next up, we got Buffalo versus Pittsburgh. And just, uh, I'm sure everyone saw the videos and the pictures of the stadium, you know, just covered in snow. Buffalo was offering people 20 bucks an hour in free meals to come and shovel snow for the game. It's just, man, insane. You know, I saw videos of fans literally just waist high. Drudging through the snow to get to their seats that they paid hopefully not a whole lot for but man crazy environment filled up Uh, After each touchdown. No, of course snowballs up in the air. Just a big snow celebration. It was just fun to watch This actually was a good game too. I know a lot of people were saying hey It's gonna be an under game under 39, but this got up there into the 50s. It was definitely a high-scoring game crap uh, the Buffalo, you know, they were in control the entire time. <clears> they <throat> got a little sticing at the end, but, yeah, they wanted Josh Allen. Great. He had the longest run, touchdown run by a quarterback in playoff history, I believe it was. So it's like, man, just saying, just breaking tackles, and it's wild. He's truly uh, fantastic. Just an elite, absolute elite player, the real game changer, if you will. So they can move on next week, and they're playing. The uh, Kansas City Chiefs, so they're arch rivals in the, the conference. And they finally get them in Buffalo for a playoff game. So we'll see if they can pull a reverse Patrick Mahomes there and knock him out. <coughs> Steelers, you know, hey, after the game, Mike Tomlin, you know, he got, he, you know, well, a reporter was asking him, I believe, about his timeout on I his contract and he just kind of stormed off, which is a little like, ah, uh, you know your head coach you shouldn't be doing that, but at the same time, it's when you look at it from Tomlin's point of view, and really just from the, a fan perspective, look at it. It's like, why are you asking this guy about possibly, you know, not being the coach or whatever it is? Like when, if you look at what he had, he had Kenny Pickett, second year quarterback who regressed. He got hurt. They brought in Trubitsky, not the answer. They brought in Mason Rudolph, who was able to put together some wins and. You know, lock up that playoff spot what he's been able to do with this team and like the kind of the handicap of talent they have at the quarterback position it's like it's pretty insane the double digit wins and getting the playoffs and making competitive you know if tj watts there who knows what this defense does against buffalo but at the end of the day it's like this guy's job is secure i know it got kind of dicey there for a little bit when they were looking at, but going under 500 not making the playoffs. But once again, you know, Mike Tomlin pulls his team through it and they get there. This is a really talented team too. Outside the quarterback position, you know, they got the running backs, they got receivers, they got tight ends, they got an elite defense. You know, it's just a, just a matter of finding that quarterback who really kind of can elevate everyone. And to Mason Rudolph's credit, you know, he, played well when, when he's been the starter you know he's got the wins you know he got into the playoffs and you know put up a good fight that's uh really good for him going into next year where you know we were kind of looking at him as a, you know a third string quarterback lifetime backup but now hey he might give himself some life he might have played himself into a, a one-year contract somewhere with a team that's in need so it's one of those you know it's one of those things for uh rudolph where you can really just kind of change your you know change your career path so credit to him credit to tomlin for you know what they were to do but at the end of the day <coughs> buffalo is just too much josh allen's too much that run game is really good with james cook you know funny uh well, i know the funny memes i see for buffalo is their uh Sean McDermott, he's now six and zero since everyone found out that he loves Al Qaeda, you know, jokingly obviously because that's when they they had that uh, story that came up from a couple of years ago where he tried to talk about the, <laughs> the 9-11 hijacking and try to do some some kind of motivational speech off of that from the terrorist perspective. I don't know, but yeah, you know, since then he's been six and zero. So hey, whatever he's doing's obviously working. Next week will be the, the big big test at Petra Mahomes in Buffalo, so that's going to be definitely be a kind of a legacy standard for Josh Allen, who's always been on the the wrong end of those matchups. So it's a chance for him to really right some wrongs and rewrite his history. You know, because his whole foundation of being elite and one of the you know anointed quarterbacks in the league is with a you know his great performance there at Arrowhead where they lost where you ended up losing. It's like when he got anointed as an elite quarterback. So this is his chance to kind of take back, you know, control over his destiny in a way. All right, that's all I got. Last game of the weekend, Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Philadelphia Eagles in Tampa. Like I said before, I'm a Cowboys fan, so I was very excited to see Tampa Bay just absolutely throttle the Eagles. It's definitely it's there it was kind of people did see it coming. This was a popular, I know, uh bet was betting the points for the Bucks. I think that got a lot of the money. Just cause the Eagles the past like the last half of the season just looked terrible. I think now they've lost six of the last seven. Just not a strong showing after going ten and one start of the season. Uh Tampa Bay, good one for them, Baker Mayfield. Three touchdowns, over 300 yards, no interceptions, just absolutely ate it up. Really good stuff for him, and just a great story. up it's you know on a one-year deal, a lot of team-friendly, a lot of incentives for him. Good stuff. You know they got a tough, tough one next week against the uh, Detroit Lions. We'll see how they do. But they're in a dome, so it should be all right. Uh, the Eagles. Really interesting. What's going to Because it it wasn't a competitive game. I mean, I think Jalen Hurts finished with 250, one touchdown. But just just watching the game, I wouldn't have guessed he had 250 yards passing just because nothing was getting done. I mean, besides Devontae Smith, who's just true number one (coughs) receiver there. Like, he's just been elevated so much the past two years. I think he had over 140 receiving yards. He was, like, their only offensive weapon. So you know, besides that, I mean, Jalen Hurts just looked pedestrian out there, and you know, early in the season, you know, they were—he was MVP talks last season. You know, they were so close to the Super Bowl, he almost won the MVP last year, except for his injury kind of knocked him out of that race. But here's a guy who really was like just trending upwards. He got his quarter of a billion dollar contract. You know, just on his way to being, you know, a new possible face of a you know the NFL you know kind of like the of a dynasty that that never will be now realistically with this team (coughs) so it's kind of where do you go from here because you obviously Jalen Hurts had a not really not a good year at all by his standards I mean that really kind of tilts all those rushing touchdowns with the tush push and it makes you think what's really they're going to What's going to happen? I know Nick uh, Siriani, he was really under a lot of scrutiny this last half of the season. And it's really when you look, the biggest thing people keep harping on is that they lost both their coordinators last year or this year to head, co- to head coaching jobs. And, you know, that's, they had a the little carryover into the season where they looked, where they, they won a lot because they're, you know, still run the same type of stuff, but different coordinators. And it just kind of, uh, the wheels fell off the wagon in a sense when they, you know but the defense, who was just defense was bad all year. This was a great defense last year, but now this year is just at least the secondary wise, just bottom of the pack. Supposedly a good pass rush, but their secondary just was getting eaten up by every single quarterback in the league. <clears throat> so I wonder where do they go from here? With I, you know the uh, the Eagles franchise you know they're not afraid to move off people quick and in a hurry no matter what success you recently may have had cuz you know it's about a so there's there's talks about hey Sirianni might be on his way out if he can get one of these free agent coaches that are popping up now that are a new hot thing and that would be great for them you know i don't know I think you definitely need to bring an offensive mind, some kind of some really good offensive coaches in, not necessarily be the head coach, but to be the coordinator perhaps. Because, yeah, with, cause the difference between Jalen Hurts this year and last year is a night and day. It's just, I don't know if maybe, I doubt I doubt it's a commitment thing because everyone talks so highly of him, how much of a hard worker he is. So I just wonder if it's a, the league's kind of figured him out a bit. And maybe the play calling just in the, they run the same scheme, it seems like. It's just, but one, uh, one thing they mentioned was is how, like, you, the flow of the game, if you're not calling it right, it's just uh, doesn't work well. Like tonight, there's a lot of screen passes, a lot of dumb passes that the defense knew, seemed to know was coming because, you know, they, <sighs> they blitzed the quarterback, but then, he dumps it off to their halfback and then there's like three red jerseys there just sitting there waiting to put him down behind the line. And it's pretty incredible. But we'll see what they do in the off season, see if they do any coaching changes, personnel changes. I mean AJ Brown didn't play. He's scrubbed his media of the Eagles. So it's just that's always you know serious and pleasure doing that. there's always some kind of serious drama going on there. Uh, their offensive line's old, too. Lots of old guys there. 14, 15-year veterans. You wonder if anyone to hang it up. I know Kelsey, he was he would have hung it up last year. They won the Super Bowl, but he did not They came back this year, and kind of disappointing. And for him, I wonder if he'll come back or not. But, yeah, I mean, this. You know, last year and this year might have been their really – might have been that championship window. It might have closed, especially if some of these guys – because offensive line is great. It's really great. A lot of Hall of Famers on it, a lot of All Pros on it. So, if, you know, one or two of them go. You know, realistically, if you don't have a solid replacement, you are going to be struggling for a while. Especially with how this offense has been playing behind Jalen Hurts, it's tough to say. You know, it's been a it's been an exciting weekend. It's been a sad weekend. A lot of emotions. Some good games. A lot of so A lot of really just not competitive games. Now, finally, we're and we'll get down to the nitty gritty of it this weekend with the divisional round, and see who's left standing. Ready for the conference championships? Uh, I'm personally, I'm excited to see the how for how uh, people react to the Eagles' loss tonight, tomorrow, on, and throughout the week on the shows, and just kind of the the scrutiny they'll be under. You know, because I know there's a couple of those hosts that are just huge Eagles fans and just bias. So it's kind of see them kind of just go, okay, we had our fun bashing the Cowboys. Now they got to eat crow with the Eagles. And I'm excited to see uh, the Ravens and the Texans. That'll be an exciting game. It's definitely a legacy game, in my opinion, for Lamar Jackson in the sense that he's going to win the MVP. I think that's kind of settled now. He'll win that. But he also needs to win some playoff games to really kind of solidify himself a little bit. So if he goes out there and loses to the Texans, CJ Stroud, that would be kind of wild. I think that'll kind of really flip the table over in the sense of the talking points for the media about how this Ravens team, John Hallbar or John Harbaugh, and uh, Lamar Jackson is kind of how like how high regards to held in, but realistically there was a comparison that uh you got Harbaugh and you got Mike McCarthy. They're the same coach. Record wise, wins wise, playoff wins, Super Bowl, same coach. It's kinda it's one of those situations where it's, just, it's crazy. Like same with uh Sean Payton down there and when he was with New Orleans. Same coach as McCarthy. Same win rate, one super bowl, all of them quarterback. Just a lot of just <laughs> it's kind of crazy how some people get elevated and some people get kind of knocked down a pick when they're literally the same person as far as stat sheet goes and resume goes. That's the game we're watching, and really want to see what Jordan Love can do against this uh, 49er defense. That'll be exciting because, you know, Jordan Love is just his stock is just going up, up, up. You know, they're playing so well. And, you know, the you had now two weeks off for the 49ers. That's, you know, same thing with the Ravens. It was kind of wonder when these, is it too much of a layoff? Is it not? Are they going to become into the game rusty? You have to be prepared. But we'll see. All right. That's all for me. Thanks for joining me, guys.